It's different for black boys, harder for black girls Start your own business venture, thrive in a black world Where you and your homies don't gotta worry about getting fired and facing discrimination We are creators, we don't go begging for placement where we are not wanted And I'ma keep it a hundred youngin', we used to be hunted They had us sitting in zoos, so what you see in the news Is really nothing that's new, they really targeting you You hear me talking to you? Race and Rosé is brought to you by your hosts, Deja Staten and Christina Alford. Hello. This podcast was created as a way to address the many racial issues that this country, and specifically BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, living in this country, have been carrying, confronting, living through, basically from the beginning of our history. Which we would like to mark our history is from before uh, the United States was was founded with, you know, the indigenous inhabitants who were here long before and were genocided by the predecessors to the U.S. government. So we will be covering history, current events, systemic issues that are affecting all of us. Today. Today. (laughs) So why Rosé, Pristina? Rosé, because, well, for all of you who know us, we always have a glass or a bottle or ten. <laughs> okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. But not a lie. But not no. Um, close in hand. Um, and honestly, it's, you know, we'll be covering a lot of heavy issues. These conversations are not easy at all. And it's just a little bit more digestible with a glass of rosé in hand. That it is. So Welcome. Okay, welcome back everyone to Race and Rosé. So, we're actually on hiatus. Yeah, this is a special, <laughs> special delivery. This is a, yes, a special delivery. Should I sing it again? Yes, please. Or Lana. Lana, can you put a little special delivery in, in here, please? G-Dub, East Coast. Yes, please. Yes. So we are on hiatus. We are in our little planning stage. However, this really great royal interview with <laughs> <laughs> with Oprah just dropped. Yeah. So we thought we just had to say a few tings. Yeah, we thought we had to say a few tings for a few reasons. And after we decided that, after we decided we had some stuff that we needed to say or that, like, this should be covered, um, and, like, primarily we were going to cover, like, the racism behind the royal family historically, right? Like, right. colonialism, slavery, et cetera. But also, as both biracial and multiracial black women. Well, yeah. I mean, like, there are some issues happening. Because yes. the internet decided to lose its entire motherfucking mind. <laughs> so, shout out... And by shout out, I mean, fuck you to all of the anti-racism educators out there who are straight up attacking the existence of um, light skinned black people right now. Like all for calling out privilege, calling out fucked up power dynamics, calling out historical, you know, disadvantages that have fallen predominantly on the shoulders of darker skinned people of color, but not for disincluding um delegitimizing the experiences of all black people. Yes. We cannot negate the fact that it still affects 
light-skinned black people. It's, yes. It's still racism for all black people. Yes. <laughs> Worse racism for darker-skinned black people. Absolutely. 100%. We are here for that all day, every day. We it's get it. what we've been talking about. Yes. But we are not going to play the game where we act like light-skinned black people, A, don't exist, right. and B, don't experience racism. Right. So, again, I would like to say, <laughs> for all y'all out here calling... Meghan Markle, and I'm not making this up for those of you who think this is like coming out of my ass, light, bright, and all sorts of other shit, like whatever. Fuck you. Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of negative shit we could say about Meghan Markle having nothing to do with the fact that she's light skinned um, and having everything to do with the fact that she's walked through the world. Why don't you talk about that instead of visiting your trauma on someone else? Yeah. And we're going to get into it. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, we all experience racism, like, and this is what they want us to do, pin us against each other. Yeah. But, you know, we're all in it together. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into some of the, the nitty gritty nuts and bolts of this. And like, for those of you who are going to come for me, um, because of what I'm saying again, please direct your vitriol towards Pristina. I don't give a fuck about your feedback. Christina might. I don't know. I'll feel the requests. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I'm not here for it. Like, I, I'm all the way here for legitimate conversations. I'm not here for like low blows and dumb bullshit and playing into systems of uh, white supremacy and patriarchal oppression. So on that note, today we are drinking, Christina. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? So there's two. We haven't, we haven't um, started the second bottle. However, right now we are drinking... Kirkland brand. What's it called? K-Vine. K-Vine. Very K-Vine. creative. I'm actually not mad. You can't see this because you're hearing us, but we have like a little video going. I'm not mad at the album art. No. It's like pretty good. Kirkland. That's quite lovely. It's this very is light. from Pristina's home state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a Syrah Rosé from Buckshot Vineyard, Vintage 2020. Um, we're into it. Yes. It's really good. It's light and crisp. It's a lovely color. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about it. Our second bottle of wine is actually a revisit. Um, for those of you who haven't been wine tasting before, um, a revisit is when you're tasting wine and they, they pour you your little pour and then you're like, I'd like to revisit that one so that they just like pour you more wine and you get to taste yes. it again, AKA get drunk. Um, this is oh. Mulat Shock from Mind Clung, uh, which, this what did we the, say? It's the funky entertainment. The funky entertainment <laughs> is what that translates to in like German or I don't know, some like dialect of Hungarian, I think as well. Um, so this one is good. It's like an orange wine. We've decided orange wine is rosé, as we will continue to say. So that's what we're drinking today. That is what is going to get us through the yes. interracial bullshit muck that yes. we're about to encounter. But I would like to mark, we are also going to talk about like colonialism and slavery, because that's really what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> like I'm not here to, like I don't want to engage in like your dumb bullshit about like black people who are lighter skin not being black so we'll, we'll touch upon it but we're gonna touch upon yeah, it yeah, yeah. i'm probably gonna drop 27 more f-bombs because yes. i got real mad today i know <laughs> I <got> like, <laughs> like <laughs> look she was texting me and i wasn't responding she was, was ignoring me which is <laughs> fine but like i was like oh look, i know what this is and y'all are not gonna scare me away from this work either you can launch all the hate you want i'm still gonna be out in these streets Fighting the good fight, but also fuck you. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> <laughs> let's get let's into kick off. What are shall we? Yeah, we? like okay. So what are we actually? We both watched the full two hours of repetitive nonsense that was that Oprah interview. Yes, 
what what happened? Can you give us Oprah, like a backdrop? You know, she visited at you know their new home. I it wasn't. Even, the, it was their friend. Like it was like a mutual neighbor's oh, house. I thought it was and their then, Santa Barbara house or something. So that's where the chickens were and the oh. dogs. But the first place they were was apparently like a mutual acquaintance's house, like in the in between their mansions in fucking where do they they live? Santa Barbara. Like, but it's like right? northern Santa. It's oh. like Montecito, like the really really rich part of Santa Barbara. I mean, the grounds looked beautiful. Yeah, where Megan and Harry are really just struggling, struggling. on the struggle bus, right? <laughs> um, they had to stay at Tyler Perry's house they to had figure to, things out. To figure things out <laughs> while he availed them of his security. You know where I stayed when I first got to California? <laughs> Can we not right now? Fine. Another day. Yeah, we'll get there at some point. But Christina's been in these streets. <laughs> we'll leave it there. We will leave it there. Um, okay. okay, so the interview came about um, in response to Meghan Markle, who, for those of you who have been living under a rock, is a black, a biracial black white presenting, I think is probably fair to say, fair but like enough. not hiding from her blackness, has a black mom who like is clearly black, who, you know, has been around her quite a bit. Um, woman who was an actress, is an actress, I guess. Uh, she's on Suits, the pretty popular show, which I loved when I was in law school. Um, and she married into the royal family, right? She married baby... Two years ago? Baby Harry. Ba- the baby <laughs> the baby royal. The baby one, yeah. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and they had a baby, Archie, who's, I don't know, mixed race of, you know, I don't know what Looks the royal... Looks very white. Looks very white. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, drama ensued, right? And so we didn't... I don't think the world entirely knew why Megan was mexiting, as Oprah called it. Yeah. The royal family with Harry. It's not like she just left by herself. Um, but why they left, they, they um, stepped down from their duties as senior royals uh, and they were like, we're out. I mean, she was silenced. She wasn't actually allowed to kind of go on record. Yeah. Right? And she was referring to them as the firm. <laughs> the firm and the institution, <laughs> like, oh. which like if you watch The Crown, you'll like understand why. But um, okay. yeah, which I kind of do get why. Like, so taking like a step back, the, the royal family, right, is both the family itself, um, this 1200 year old institution, institution yeah. um, of whiteness, <laughs> um, the monarchy. Uh, but it is also all the inner workings, the mechanisms, like all of the people behind the crown, right? Like, okay. so like, I don't know how many people live or work at Buckingham palace to like keep things moving and they like tend to her HR horses. Department. Yeah. They have an HR department <laughs> that apparently I, doesn't do shit because when, when Megan was like, yo, I'm suicidal. Help me. Help. They were like, please go home. They're like, mm, I can't. <laughs> yeah. We can't help you with that. that. <laughs> Which is right. It's just oh. like fucking nuts. It's just like, okay. <laughs> Who sends a suicidal oh. person back to their room? Oh, it's because she didn't have a proper role or job. Oh, yeah. We can't help you with your your mental health issues because right. you don't have a real job here. Anyway, okay. So all that to say, what we're talking about here is Meghan and Harry leaving the royal family, leaving mm-hmm. their duties, and then basically being ostracized um, by the royal family in a way that they were not expecting, particularly Harry, it seems, was not expecting because he was born into the royal family, right? He didn't marry into it. Um, so what they said, um, in this two hour long, like primetime interview with Oprah, um, was essentially that there was no support being given to them, um, by the Royal family, that Megan was super isolated. Like out of the blue, your son will not receive a prince title and you will not get protection. Which, I mean, I have questions about whether it was out of the blue, but yeah, yeah I mean, 
which is nuts. That's never happened before. There's actually some royal dictate or law um, essentially providing for that, right? Anyone who's an heir to the throne who has offspring, their their offspring will be given um, right. a royal title, right? And apparently the royal family was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to amend that. So <laughs> Megan was really alluding like to the fact because it was... It was because of race, race right? Um, and she really focused upon, and so did Harry, like the fact that it wasn't the title that mattered, which like, who knows? Like a lot of people have been pontificating about how they think that Meghan Markle was just like, you know, a Jersey chase and a hoe bag and like, really <laughs> wanted that royal money, like whatever. Um, you couldn't pay me enough. But yeah, I mean, who, who like it doesn't really matter. Like it's, she really focused and her husband really focused on the fact that protection was not going to be afforded. Right. Her husband's super high profile. He's probably one of the most recognizable people in the world. Right. Um, and they need and, protection. But. You know, she is now, too. Yeah. Two billion people watched their wedding, yes. uh, which is nutty. So that's like what the, the gist was behind this. They were ostracized. Um, they left the family. Drama, drama, drama. Um, and a big part of this, and we're going to get into it, is the role that media played and kind of the parallels between um, Meghan Markle and Princess Di, Harry's mom. Yeah. And also the comparison between Kate and Meghan. Yeah. Yeah, really yeah, Kate Middleton, well. uh, William, Harry's older brother's um, <laughs> wife, uh, wife yeah. yeah, and Meghan. So there's like a lot of stuff there. And I think a big part of like the media coverage was like what wasn't said also. Um, the royal family like did literally nothing to uh, intervene or like set their record straight or like tell the tabloids um, to stop doing racist shit like portraying Meghan Markle as a monkey and in blackface and... Right. Saying all sorts of racist And even their shit. response to what happened with the Oprah interview was pretty vague. Well, apparently, <laughs> and I could be wrong about this, but I think this is accurate. Prince Charles, so the actual heir to the mm-hmm. throne, next in line, um, he got somehow got British media not to play the interview today. Oh. Yeah. So it was supposed to air in the UK today. It hadn't yet. I reached out to my friend Krishna. What up, Krishna? Uh, who lives in London. And I was we were talking about this. I asked her what her opinion was. And she was like, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, it's not on TV here. And then I looked it up. And apparently, like, Prince Charles threw a fucking temper tantrum. And <laughs> shit is not on the air. Maybe that has mm-hmm. since been resolved. But as as far as I know, it hasn't been. Their statement was, we're deeply saddened. You're deeply saddened by what? Your own fucking racism? Like, <laughs> to learn about these allegations. I'm to like, learn about the allegations oh. of the things you did? Like, I'm confused. Okay, so, like, we're going to get into, yeah. like, the actual problem here, though. Like, the, the media fanfare and, like, the, like, I'm air quoting sexiness of, like, Meghan Markle becoming a royal and being the first person of color to marry into the family. Great. Whatever. But, like, what's actually the issue here, which Meghan Markle, I will call her out for, did not bring up either is the colonization and slavery at the root of the royal family right she didn't do any research folks <laughs> yeah she kept saying oh. during the interview that she didn't oh, research her husband no. to be because like she thought he was telling her everything she needed to know about him which is problem number one because what man ever yeah i mean but i could have avoided so, <laughs> i could have avoided so many problems in my life if, if i had been told all the things you're not stalking the person that you're dating you're not trying you're not trying <laughs> it's that thing like if you're not cheating you're not trying yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay so here's this interesting thing i just want to like at the outset point out that like the uk um, kind of sets itself apart from the us with respect to like race and the slave experience by like acting like it didn't happen 
Yeah. Like the U.S. is bad, right? Like we're really bad. Like we are like the ultimate deniers of racism, except we're not because the U.K. is the ultimate denier of racism. But also one thing, like Megan not even, I mean, she had, I can't imagine her not thinking about this. Well, if she didn't research her husband, did she research the roots of racism in the U.K.? (laughs) True. I just cannot (laughs) fathom that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. I find it hard to believe as well that she didn't research it, particularly because we know that um, much like Princess Di and Prince Charles, um, Harry and Meghan went on like a Commonwealth tour very early in their marriage and Mm -hmm. they visited um, a whole bunch of the Commonwealth countries, right? Like the countries that are under British rule loosely, um, prior colonies, protectorates, territories, etc. And you know, while they were there, Megan noticed everybody was fucking brown. Yeah. <laughs> all of this was against people of color. All of the colonization. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, there are very few. Well, let's take a step back. Um, and we're going to get to this. But, like, there are some parallels between the U.S. and the British slave and colonization experience. The primary one being the decimation and enslavement of indigenous cultures. Because yes. I didn't know this, but, like, apparently the Brits, like a thousand ish years prior to like modern age prior to the massive enslavement of, of black and brown peoples mm-hmm. enslaved the indigenous Britons, B R I T O N S, um, who were, I, I don't know where they were from. They were like Celtic peoples from like, I guess like the highlands. I'm not entirely sure. Um, from the isles, from what is present day Ireland and Scotland, but they share that with the U S we apparently love doing a big sister UK does and just killing and enslaving indigenous people. So even the indigenous, uh, people of Canada. Yeah. Old habits die hard. Like all of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All of it. Yeah. Like first nations, like the UK just ran, ran roughshod over them. Um, and I mean, to be fair, the, not to, you know, let the United States off the hook, which for those of you who've been listening, you know, I will never, um, but, you know, the U.K. is responsible for the original mm-hmm. um, decimation of indigenous peoples in the United States. The originators. Well. The, the OGs. <laughs> the OGs and all of this. Yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, so the U.K. has a massive colonization history and has a ton of current territories. Yes. And I'm going to, like, read through a whole bunch of these. And, like, we're going to play a game. Which one of these isn't black? <laughs> the answer is none. None. <laughs> Uh, so current UK territories, Anguilla, Bermuda. Actually, we we hit one. British Antarctic Territory. Why is that not black? No one lives there. <laughs> British, British Indian <laughs> British Indian Ocean Territory. The British Virgin Islands. The Cayman Islands. The Falkland Islands. Gibraltar. Montserrat. Pitcairn Islands. I don't know where that is. I'm assuming brown people live mm-hmm. there. Um, Ascension and Tristan de Cunha and Saint Helena. We're gonna continue going. Um, South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands, southern base areas and, ooh, Akrotiri and Dekilia. I don't know where that is, but I know it's not white because of the name. Um, And Turks and Caicos, right? So these places, vast majority of British territories, colonies, both historically and at present, and I'm saying at present because, yes, there are still colonies that are uh, under the British thumb, just like the United States, um, uh, and they're brown. Yeah. They're brown. Over 50% of people who make up the Commonwealth um, 
those countries that still have some allegiance to the queen is still technically the figurehead monarch over uh, 50 plus percent of the peoples in those territories are brown or black. Australia, New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa. That was historically. Those are, they're currently part of the Commonwealth. Yeah. Yeah. So they were historic colonies. They are no longer colonies, but they are Commonwealth countries. And they genocided all of the indigenous people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still (laughs) Aboriginal people. I mean, they, they genocided or they just sent like the literal worst of the worst, like the miscreants, like both South Africa and Australia, they literally, and by they, I mean the UK sent their prisoners to colonize. They literally sent prisoners that they had like released from like, and this was like old school, like pre mass incarceration prisoners. Mm -hmm. So like people who were just like out there, Jack the Rippering people and doing like mad wild (laughs) shit. They were like, Oh, you know what we should do with you? We're going to send you to South Africa and Australia. Um, like, whatever. We'll talk about mass incarceration another day. But, like, sweet Jesus. The point is. <laughs> the point is that's fucked up and racist. Also, I want to note here um, historic colonies and protectorates and mandates, as some of the British um, relationships with colonial lands were called, India, as well as Israel-Palestine. So. Yeah. That. When I say this, it should bring to mind something specific if you've had any education in like U.S. foreign relations. The relationships that Great Britain had with India and with Israel and Palestine and moreover, the downstream effects should remind you of what the U.S. did with respect to a lot of the places that we touched down in. We touched down, we fucked shit up, we put our wheels up and we flew away mm-hmm. like that's kind of the track record of both the U.S. and the U.K. and just about everywhere we've decided to colonize, right? We did it all throughout Latin and South America um, for the United States. Like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, we went in after the military governments fucked shit up and left. We've done it all throughout the Middle East. And, you know, very similarly, you know, Great Britain did that. And they left war uh, in their wake. They created or maintained or further entrenched caste systems. Like in India, they did the same thing throughout um, a lot of Africa. And those caste systems are still in place. prevalent. <laughs> yeah. Especially in, in India. In India. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're still there. And I mean, honestly, a big chunk of what happened um, in Israel, Palestine and in India was apartheid based, right? Like there was a difference in treatment of people based on race or ethnic group or religion, depending on where we're talking about. Um, in India, it turned into partition, right? The separation of Pakistan from India, um, two different states based in religion and a very, very bloody war um, that killed tons of people and that flares up to this day, not only in Pakistan and in India, but in Kashmir. Um, so the reach of British colonialism um, Um, is, you know, just incredible and incredibly devastating. Um, And lasting. Lasting. Even if things have changed, it's still not what it should be. Yeah, and again, brown people, Mm -hmm. right? Like when we talk about Israel-Palestine, when we talk about the fact that in 1948, um, after... Great Britain gave uh, Palestine up as, and I'm laughing saying gave it up like they could ever own it, but you know, they did um, as a mandate. And they said, we think that this should be separated. There should be two separate states uh, based in religion, essentially Israel and Palestine. Um, After they gave that up, what happened? A a system of apartheid was instated um, in, you know, Israel where there are occupied territories that still exist to this day. Right. Um, This is the legacy of colonization. This is, (laughs) This is yeah. what it, apartheid, caste systems, separation, and yet the Crown and Meghan Markle and Prince Harry did not mention any of these things while talking about the perniciousness of race and them not getting their fucking titles. Yeah. 
unbelievable. Like next level. And I'd like to note here, I'm not going to let go of my anger about, <laughs> about everybody talking shit about Meghan Markle being light bright. So like, if you really want to be pissed at Meghan Markle, be pissed at her for not highlighting the underlying problem here. That is, right. she married into a family of colonizers. Yeah. She married into a family that has direct ties to the slave trade that funded the slave trade. Don't worry. I got the receipts. I'm going to give you some quotes, but just like, let that sink in. We're over here fighting the dumb ass battle, the oppressionist Olympic bullshit over Meghan Markle's skin tone. Instead of talking about the actual thing, which is that the crown was a massive colonizing force. They spread racism and hate around the world. And we are not talking about that. They've never atoned for it. And Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are talking about their own experiences with racism and their royal son's experience with racism and they are not talking about that right and they're not the first ones like you know this happens to everybody yeah not everybody but it's just it's it's truly wild like talk about missing the forest for the yeah. trees like who the fuck cares about Meghan markle right like let's exactly. talk about the actual thing yeah let's talk about the system of oppression Let's talk about the thousands-year-old system of oppression that we are still denying the existence of. The crown literally won't talk about it. Yeah. And we, again, have the receipts, like the literal receipts, because they dug up some, like, ledgers like, showing how much the crown spent on, on slaves. Um, so we're going to do a whole bunch of coverage of that at a later point in time. But uh, for today, I'm going to just, like, read you some things. Do you have any, do you have any remarks, Christina, before I start just, like, reading random Go shit? I'm on a fiery roll right now. <laughs> I can see this. I'm angry, folks. <laughs> I am mad. So the British monarchy, the crown, has remained silent historically about slavery, although it's like no secret that the crown was intertwined with slavery, um, that they supported it. So I'm going to read you a little piece um, from a Slate article uh, within the last couple of years. So the slave trading initiatives endorsed by the English monarchy began with Queen Elizabeth I's enthusiastic support of John Hawkins' slaving expeditions in the 1560s. Pause. The 1560s were about 100 years after Portugal decided to get like real deep and dirty with slave trading. Mid-1400s are when the Portuguese started importing African slaves to Portugal in sizable numbers. 250-ish slaves um, came to Portugal, I believe, in 1444. This was about 10 years before the Portuguese crown commissioned the writing of a racist-ass book about Africa to basically document how to do the slave trade. Um, so this dude, if you want to look him up, his name was Zarara, Z-U-R-A-R-A, -A. Uh, the Portuguese crown commissioned a book that he wrote that was like, hey, colonizers, here's how you slave trade in Africans, right? So this is about 100 years after that. Um, so in three separate voyages backed by government officials, London merchants and the queen had Hawkins raid African settlements on the West African coast and seize hundreds of enslaved captives from Portuguese ships. So not, all, not only were like the slave traders like trading knowledge they were stealing slaves from one another because what else do privileged fucking white supremacists do um so there is a fight that broke out essentially between portugal and the uk um and hawkins uh this dude who is being funded by the crown he sold his cargo of african captives of enslaved africans um in the spanish caribbean and this was in the 1560s so this was really the start of the the Brits, uh, enslaving Africans and, and selling them, right? And again, this was the crown being involved. And if that wasn't enough involvement, right, if the money trail, like the queen bankrolling this, Queen Elizabeth bankrolling this, Queen Elizabeth I, right, this is the 1500s, we're not talking about the current queen, um, 
Worse, the queen honored Hawkins upon his return with a coat of arms and a crest featuring, wait for it, a nude African bound with rope. Wow. Because sexy, right? <laughs> like the actual fuck? Um, and then during the reign of King Charles, about 100 years later, 1660 to 1685, the crown again engaged in the slave trade. Uh, members of the royal family invested heavily in the African slave trade, right? They were putting money behind it. And this continued. Um, This continued until the slave trade went out of style. So very similar to the United States in 1807, just a year before the United States, actually. um, Great Britain outlawed the transatlantic slave trade. They would not outlaw slavery in the British territories, however, until 1833, I believe. Um, So quite some time later, yet about 32 years before the United States outlawed slavery because we fought an entire fucking war it. Um, so the, the crown, Great Britain, etc., was deeply, deeply, deeply involved in the slave trade. Um, I could go on and on with statistics, but suffice it to say um, that, <clears throat> oh, sorry, correction, it was 1838 that slavery was abolished in the British colonies. Um, there were 12.5 million people transported in total as slaves, and there are some estimates up to 20 million, because um, who's keeping tabs when you're just throwing black people in the bottom of ships like yeah, sardines? you're not really a person. Right. A human. Um, it's estimated, however, that 12.5 million people, black, African, humans were transported as slaves from Africa to the Americas and the Caribbean between the 16th and the 18, 16th century and the 19th century. So between the 1500s and the 1800s. So for like a 300 year period. Uh, and that's a little debatable because we do know that in the 1400s, the slave trade had already begun. Um, when the slave abolition pa- act was passed um, in the UK, there were over 46,000 slave owners in Britain. And there was a slave compensation commission. Uh, Christina, do you have any guesses on what the, the slave compensation commission was? No. Take a guess. Just guess what a slave compensation commission might be. I have no idea. Come on. This is no fun if you don't guess. (laughs) No idea, Dick. Slave Compensation Commission was the commission set up to compensate not slaves, but slave owners for the loss of income they suffered from the abolition of slavery in the UK. And you know what else? 1838, the UK abolishes slavery, right, in its territories, what the fuck ever. They make the slaves guarantee that they will work for free for four years after slavery ended, to further compensate the slave owners for their loss of income based on the outlawing of slavery. Wow. Wow Wow. is fucking right. Yeah. Amazing. Like, the fuck? And it's crazy because we don't... Wild. It's wild. It's wild because we don't talk about this. We talk about the U.S. slave experience. We talk about the U.K. Sorry, we talk about Brazil's slave experience. We talk about Portugal. We don't talk about... The UK. And I think a big part of the reason we don't talk about the UK is because the UK slave experience was obfuscated by distance. So a lot of the slavery that was happening in the UK was happening in the Caribbean. It was happening in their colonies and their territories. Um, So it was out of sight, out of mind. It was 3,000 miles away from the British Isles, right? After 1838, like, they didn't see the slaves anymore because they weren't there. Uh, so it was easy for them to kind of separate themselves historically from from the existence of the institution. Damn. Yeah. Wild, right? Truly wild. Um, so all of that, just as background kind of to, like, why this shit actually matters and why anybody should give a shit about what's going on. Like, yes, it sucks that Meghan Markle was treated terribly. Um, and I, I mean that genuinely, like I'm not being 
facetious, um, especially because of the mental health issues. Yeah. That, that came of it. Yeah. But also it's one of those things where since this has been happening, it sucks that it had to come to this <laughs> for people to talk about it. What do you mean by come to this? Um, the history behind the British colonialism, um, you know, having a celebrity tie to uh, all of so this. So you mean that like we couldn't talk about it yes. until yeah, the, until it was actually brought to light with this union. Which, to be fair, I think is why a lot of commentators and air quote influencers are commenting about Meghan Markle being light bright and this, that, and the other thing. There's anger that a light-skinned black woman marrying into the royal family is what it took for this to be highlighted and for there to be an Oprah interview, right? Right. Which, fair. Like, I think it's valid that um, people point out that, like, someone who's considered air quote again, palatable, right? Light-skinned, white-passing potentially, um, already a celebrity in her own right prior to marrying into the royal family and then marries into the royal family, that that's what it takes to, to highlight yes. these issues. Still bullshit to call still, her. Yes, still bullshit. Light, right? But yes, like that is all very valid um, and correct and, you know, accurate. Um, so a few more things on just the actual situation now that we've kind of just very briefly laid the the groundwork, the foundation for um, the colonial and slave enterprises of the crown. Um, part of the issue here is a side-by-side comparison of like Meghan Markle's counterpart, so Kate Middleton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Prince William's wife, who's white, um, similar in age. Meghan Markle's 39, I think Kate Middleton might be 39 yeah. also. Yeah. Um, they're close in age. Um they're like close in like stature, honestly, also. They're both like these super thin, like able-bodied, like conventionally attractive mm-hmm. women, right? The only difference between the two of them really is one is British and one is American and one is black and one is white, <laughs> right? And the same things that they were doing were treated very differently. So like what are – I feel like you mentioned a whole bunch of these examples, Christina. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of uh, news articles around the comparison – of headlines in British. First of all, British tabloids are wild. They're fucking <laughs> vicious. Oh my god! Like, I thought our shit was bad. Like <laughs> Brad and Angelina are back at it, and there's like, five other baby mamas, and George Clooney's also sleeping with Angelina Jolie. Like I thought that shit was bad. Like that you read in like whatever that shit is, like in the checkout at the grocery store. Yeah, but they're on a whole nother yeah. level. I mean, just <clears> stupid <throat> things about how you know. Kate would be holding her stomach, her baby bump compared to Megan's and Megan, you know? Yeah. They were calling it vain. They were like, right. it's a vanity that, that Megan Markle's holding her baby bump. And when Kate Middleton was doing it, they were like, look how caring she is. She's going right. to be such a great mother. So endearing. <laughs> yeah. And there's another one about avocados. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like when Kate Middleton was eating a lot of avocados while she was pregnant. And I think like when, you know, Prince William's like buying her avocados or whatever, like someone gifted them an avocado tree yeah. and it was like this whole thing. And it was like, Oh, it's cute. And then when Megan Markle was eating a lot of avocados, they like she's killing the environment and Mexican drug cartels, right? <laughs> Which, like, yeah, sure, but like, also Kate she's Middleton eating avocado toast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, so it's like there's a lot of that sort of shit. There was also like some actually super racist shit too. Like she was put in blackface in um, on you know some of the pages of some of these publications. She was compared to a monkey. Um, yeah. Just like all sorts of like just you know kind of the, the old tricks that racists like to pull out of their old racist you know. Hat. I don't know. Is that what magicians pull shit out of the hat? (laughs) Rabbits. Rabbits. Racist (laughs) rabbits. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, and there's this interesting thing, too. Like, I, Christina, you saw the Pierce Morgan thing, right? I did. What was that about? What happened? Well, first, Pierce had a personal relationship <laughs> with that, that sounds like they were, like, <laughs> fucking. Like, what does that mean? I think they just went to dinner or something like that. <laughs> okay. So anyways, they go to dinner, and after dinner, he puts her into a car, and apparently that car went to some party, and that's where she actually met Prince Harry. And then she ended up ghosting him. So over the Ghosting th- Prince Harry or ghosting no, Pierce no, Morgan? Pierce. <laughs> and so left him feeling a certain type of way, and over these years, he's just been... Just dogging her in the news. He's mad. Just, he's real mad. He's, he's, he's real upset. He's real, real salty. So anyways, he gets called out by, was it, which uh, news outlet was it? He was on a talk show. He was on his own news outlet. Was it? It was his own oh, news his, station. His, like, whatever his, it is. I don't remember <laughs> what it is. He was, day, I don't know, yeah. UK? Like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck it's called. Anyway, he was on his own news outlet. <laughs> he gets called out by his colleague, and then he storms off. Gets real, real crunchy. Crunchy. And then, and then, and then quits. He quit. But like, okay, so his colleague was calling him out for being racist, racist essentially, yeah. in his coverage of, yeah. of Megan. And he literally like tore his mic off and was like, oh, he I, stormed off. I can't do it. <laughs> and I just, I think it's amazing because, it, you know, this is like such a great example of people wanting to like have their cake and eat it too. Um, particularly high profile people like Pierce Morgan um, and members of the royal family and other celebrities and influencers want to, you know, be racist and not be called out for it. They want to be able to say and do racist things and not have to face consequences. And it's just, you know, next level white fragility. Yeah. Um, you know, he, this dude, Pierce Morgan, would rather quit his job than admit that what he did was racist which is wild like what world do you live in a like can i get the number for your financial advisor because you're in a much better financial situation than me if you can just like quit your job like that and like not look back but also like uh, the fuck yeah but i mean white fragility white fragility it's real that's it's real (laughs) it's very real yeah it's real. And I think the other thing, we're not going to dive into this. I don't think it's particularly relevant to the race piece, but um, there are some definite parallels between how Meghan Markle was treated and Princess Di. Um, and it's just interesting because, you know, like the royal family, like, had experience in this shit. Like, they knew what could happen, what could go down if you didn't provide mental health help um, to someone who was suffering. Princess Di admitted trying to take her life multiple times. Um, So the fact that, like, they had that history, that it was the mother of, you know, one of the people at issue here, and they still didn't heed the warnings, um, is kind of amazing. They are not deeply saddened. (laughs) They are not deeply saddened. They are some callous old assholes. Yeah, no. Yeah. So... I think one of the last things we want to talk about here, much to the the anger of probably all of the influencers and whoever else who's attacking Meghan Markle for being, air quote, light bright, um, is the mixed race experience. So I'm going to do a little privilege alert. Um, yes. Yes. Privilege. It exists. It is real. We've addressed this before. We'll keep addressing it. We have it. Meghan Markle has it. Light skin privilege. Um 
monetary or socioeconomic privilege, right? She's wealthy. She was independently wealthy prior to marrying into the royal family. She was famous prior to marrying into the royal family. She became more wealthy. She became more famous. She had choice and has choice in many, you know, many ways that most people do not because of all those privileges. That being said, uh, and Christina and I have talked about this. We will continue talking about it because I refuse not to talk about my real lived experience just because people say I shouldn't. Um, there is a real lack that comes with being, you know, bi or multiracial, um, a lack of, of mooring, a lack of a home base, a lack of, um, kind of a ground zero, if you will. Right. Um, yeah, we said this in the last episode. Yeah. I mean, I identify as black. I also identify as biracial. Um, I've always felt, um, (laughs) much more black than white for a lot of reasons. Um, but you know, there is something different, um, about existing in a world where, uh, you're outwardly placed in one specific box and people will place you in really any box that they want to, right? Because that's so much of what race is. How they can comprehend you. Yeah. It's, it's so much of what race is. It's a system of assessing and categorizing people. So, um, you know, we just want to mark that. We're going to continue marking that. Um, and I think it's really important that we allow black women to define their own blackness. You know, we know Meghan Markle's black. Her mom is black. Um, she has not tried to run from her blackness or mm-hmm. deny that she is black. And I think it's bullshit for other people to try to um, define her blackness from without. Uh, that is hers to define. If you want to come at her for the way that she is exercising her blackness, go for it. That is legitimate. But like, you don't get to tell her how to identify or any of us. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. Like, um, and you also don't get to tell us we're not black. Right. Because, again, while we will readily admit and fully support the idea that um, anti-black racism is considerably worse for darker-skinned people than us, we do still experience racism. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea that, you know, we just are out here benefiting from both blackness and whiteness and not getting any of the negative impacts of either is quite frankly, Mm. bullshit. Okay. So I think that's sufficient, right. For, for that piece of it. Uh, I do want to touch on some like fucked up shit though, that I was railing against at the beginning of this. Um, so we're going to read, uh, some issues here or sorry, some issues, some posts here. Um, Christina, do you want to read the first one? Sure. So I don't remember what this woman's name is. Eva Dickerson, I think, is this woman's this woman's okay. name. All right. So this first post is by at Eva Dickerson. And this is on IG. IG. Uh well no, she actually she tweeted this, but then some influencer account Oh, reposted? Yeah, influencer anti racism account. That's oh, a thing. No. <laughs> reposted. Okay. Can't believe all you all saw, sorry, can't believe you all saw someone marry into a colonial family and saw yourselves represented there just because she's half black. LOL. We'll be colonized forever. Sitting here thinking about how that family is a direct descendant of the people who dropped so many damn bodies into the sea that it changed the fucking immigration patterns of sharks. Migration patterns. What did I say? Immigration. (laughs) (laughs) Immigration. Immigration patterns of sharks. Do you want to try that one again? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where where are the sharks immigrating to? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Because I don't like it here. Sitting here thinking about how that family is a direct descendant of the people who dropped so many damn bodies into the sea that it changed the fucking migration patterns of sharks. 
Bison literally disappeared from North America because settlers so ruthlessly hunted them, starving the indigenous populations here that had deep relationships with the land. Entire ecosystems across the Caribbean Sea were lost, rotting with our ancestors in the fields who were dropping dead almost as quickly as they were being replaced. And here's the kicker. We are literally organizing for the future of humanity on planet Earth, and y'all want to expunge the British Empire of its crimes against the planet and her people because, oh, here we go, light bright Megan didn't anticipate racism? Yeah. And she ends it with sucks Sucks teeth. teeth. So, look, pretty much everything she said there was real. Um, What I'm taking, like, yeah, like, there is actually, there's a paper that was written about, I showed Christina it earlier, about how migration patterns of sharks might actually have changed because so many dead bodies were thrown off of slave ships, right? Like, millions, 12.5 plus million people transported through the Middle Passage across the Atlantic um, from, you know, Europe and Africa to the Americas, lots of dead bodies. Um, And last part. Yeah, but the last part, right? The the light bright, the um I just why? Yeah. Like what is that? If you want to talk about her being light skinned, talk about her having light skin privilege, right? Talk about the things that actually matter because yeah. you just made an attack based literally only on the color of her skin. skin. Yeah. And I just don't for the life of me, I can't understand how it's valid, how it's relevant. Because you're not taking that next step. You're just literally using a racial epithet. And, I mean, we've heard it all. I'm sure Pristina's heard a lot of them, but I've been called light bright, high yellow, red bone, Oreo, uh, God, zebra, you name it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all the different mulatto, uh, quadroon, like all of octoroon, like all the different things, you know, I'm 35 years old. I've at this point been called all of the different variations of racist shit to call a, um, light skinned black person, either by white people or by black people. Um, and like, really what's the point? Like you are really just visiting your racial trauma on her. Right. And the point is that she is experiencing racism and she was probably experiencing racism before this. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) that gets us to our next post, which I'm going to read. This one's a bit longer, so I'm going to try and read it really quickly. But um, this is from Ijeoma Aluo, who wrote, who's written several books now. um, Which are really good. Which are good. They're good. Um, The most famous being So You Want to Talk About Race. And she herself is a biracial black woman. Um, and so she says, okay, I'm going to share a few Meghan Markle thoughts. Hope I don't regret this. I've noticed quite a few light skinned black people looking at this Meghan Markle interview and apparently thinking all caps. Now is my time. The world will finally see how hard it is to be me. But before we turn this into our own personal spotlight on beige tears, let's be beige real. Beige tears. Beige tears. My goodness. First off, we're talking about treatment that Markle experienced after all caps marrying into the Royal family. This is not the everyday story of black existence. This is the story of how, if you are a thin, abled, white passing celebrity, you literally have to become royalty before you begin to experience some of the more harsh realities of being black in a white supremacist institution that has been murdering darker skinned folk for hundreds of years. I'd like to mark a couple of things here. One, this institution has been murdering black people, period, for hundreds of years. Two, why are we assuming that Meghan Markle did not experience racism prior to marrying into the royal family? Exactly. This she was, woman. She was working in TV and film. 
Like that shit is very prevalent within that industry. And it, again, I will say it was no secret that mm-hmm. she was she's biracial, right? Yeah. Like she didn't keep this a secret. She was cast as a biracial character on the show that she was most famous for. Right. I just I don't understand this assumption that she didn't experience racism right. prior to to this. So I'm just marking that. So continuing. Second, this is also not a story, regardless of some trash posts I've seen saying otherwise, of how darker skinned black folk need to be nicer to light skinned black folk because we experience racism too. Of course we experience racism, but no, not to the same degree, not even close. But if there is one thing this story does show, it's that you can build an entire career safely in your proximity to whiteness, become a princess in a racist ass institution, and black people will still ride hard for you if that racist ass institution acts like a racist ass institution. Pausing again. Sure. Yes. Black people all experience racism. Darker skinned black people experience more racism than lighter skinned black people. I am not arguing that. Pristina is not arguing that. Yes, yeah. We understand this. <laughs> yeah. We agree with that. Yes. Full stop. Right. Um, what is bullshit here is, again, the assumption that you can build an entire career safely in your proximity to whiteness. Why are we assuming that like she has never experienced racism? Yeah. I don't understand where that is coming from. And a lot of us are in that situation. Like we work with white corporate ass companies and don't say shit. Cause we, we want to keep our shit. jobs. Right. Yes. If <laughs> I, if I had called out all of the racist interactions I had mm-hmm. working at UCLA at a huge institution, I wouldn't have had a job, right? right? Exactly. You bite your tongue and you keep it moving, unfortunately. I mean, for Christ's sake, I had an alum tell me my hair looks like I stuck my finger in a fucking electrical outlet at a recruitment dinner full of admitted students and other alumni, some of whom were my friends. Do you know how mortifying that is? Yeah. Like, I just, like, but what can you say in that situation, right? And so what, we're, we're to assume because Meghan Markle hasn't told stories about how being black has impacted her career that she hasn't experienced racism? Right. I just, like, where the fuck is that coming from? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Third, if there's one important lesson us light-skinned folks can learn from what has happened to Meghan Markle, it's this. When we bank on our proximity to whiteness, we are sometimes literally marrying ourselves to our continued oppression. And that when we are the only black person in the room, we will be treated like the blackity blackest person in that room, no matter how light our skin. So maybe we should put our loyalties with those who face the worst of anti-blackness every day, and we will never get an Oprah special about it and still, or sorry, and will never get an Oprah special about it and still have love for us, even though our foolishness can sometimes make things worse for them. I'm going to pause here for a couple reasons. <laughs> First off, bitch, you were married to a white man. Yes, exactly. She, Ijeoma Luo had a white husband and has two kids who are like, I think three quarters white. Like yes. the fuck are you talking about? Did you marry yourself to your own oppression too? Yes. Every single day is a struggle. And yes, we are fighting to bring more black people into the rooms. But at this point in time, a lot of us are kind of in this position where we are just trying to like make it. And help people along the way, but this is what we have been dealt. <laughs> Wait, but also, like, rewind. Is this an argument? I'm confused. Is this an argument that if you marry white people, you're, what does she say? Sometimes literally marrying ourselves to our continued oppression? Or is she oh. making an argument about the crown, specifically? It's confusing to me, and because she's a writer, I'm going to take her at what she said here. Like, are you arguing that she married herself to racism because she married a white man? Like if the argument's the crown, sure. Because again, enslaving colonialist institution. Yes. But if you're arguing by marrying that one specific person, then I have a whole bunch of shit to say to you because 
you're arguing that a, by marrying a white man, she's marrying herself to continue depression and B that by marrying someone related to a family who has visited oppression on others, she's continuing her own oppression by which case I'm oppressing my fucking self because I'm half white bitch. So <laughs> what? What? Yeah. I like that literally makes no sense. Yeah. It, it only makes sense if the argument you're making is that she knowingly married into a colonizing force into a racist force, which is the crown, the monarchy, which valid. It's, that part's yeah. valid. But like if you're arguing that marrying a white man or a person who's linked to a family like that is oppressing yourself, miss me with that shit. Yeah. Anyway, Multiple I'm not even going to read the end of this because I don't give a fuck anymore about what she has to say. But <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah, I mean and I mean, I think just to close this out, um, like we could talk about a lot of other things. We could talk about, you know, and I think Christina has some stuff to say as well, but I'm not claiming that we should focus our anti-racism or activism or organizing or education even on light skin or mixed race or biracial black experiences. That is literally 0% the claim I'm making. I'm just saying that we should not be gatekeeping identity. We should allow for a blackness big enough to account for how all black people experience blackness. We're not doing ourselves any favors, any favors at all by delegitimizing the experiences of some casting some out of blackness because of their skin tone. And again, it makes 100% sense to call out the privilege of light-skinned black people to underscore that while they face racism, while we face racism, it is nothing compared to the racism faced by darker-skinned black people. However, what do we gain by completely invisibilizing the experiences of lighter-skinned black people and by effectively kicking lighter-skinned black people out of blackness entirely? Why are we doing it? What end does it serve? Who does it serve? It serves white people white supremacists <laughs> thank you christina <laughs> i rest my fucking case this is what they want us to do we are all in this we're all struggling with racism struggling up this racist stream together yes that's all that's all no we're not surprised right no we are not surprised we're not surprised by Meghan markle's treatment i'm honestly not surprised by Meghan markle's treatment either by the crown or by all these fucking air quote anti-racism educators who are curling fucking colonial white supremacist epithets like light bright at her either. Good job guys. Um, yeah. I mean, just so many things. Yeah. So many things. Yeah. So anything else? I think we covered it. Should I say fuck you to the assholes one more time? <laughs> that's how you want to close it out. Fuck you. Yeah, that's it. I feel better now. Good. <laughs> you were on one today. I'm going to stay on one. Y'all keep saying ignorant shit that defeats and undermines the purpose that we're at here, which is actual anti-racism. Then I'm going to keep saying fuck you and I'm going to keep being on one because I'm not here for it. Yeah. Like have your opinions, like do your things. But like when you start saying shit like that, like I'm not going to sit here silently just because I'm a light skinned black woman and act like I'm scared of incurring the vitriol of you know, anyone, you can kiss my entire light bright ass. Keep those opinions to yourself, please. I mean, or don't, but be ready for me to scream at you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here for it. And with that, goodbye, folks. 
and we will actually see you in season yes. one. We are on hiatus for real now. We'll be coming to you from an undisclosed location. <laughs> We're really excited. We're really excited. Yes. Um, but yeah, keep the conversation going. Engage with us on social media. Um, we are on Instagram at Race and Rose Podcast. We have a website. We're going to have some interactive stuff on there sometime soon. Hit us up. Uh, hit us up on our personal handles if you want to. If you say something racist to me, I hope you're ready for a battle. I will not let you forget, folks. I am trained in argumentation. So please. And if you want some stickers, we got them. We got stickers. And also, I was just lying about what I just said. Don't hit me up. Hit up Christina. <laughs> <laughs> don't hit me up. I don't care. I don't, I don't want to talk to you. Anyways. All right. Cheers to. Cheers. We did it. Mm, bye-bye. Bye. Until next week. Keep your glasses full and remember that racism is garbage. Trash. (laughs) Basura. None of this would be possible without the support of our talented team. Big ups to our producers, Lana Shea and Kate Bataille. Thank you so much. And shout out to Coda the Friend for allowing us to use his music. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Bye-bye.